Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here after our international break is uh, Mr Tom Wallin. How you doing Tom? Good thanks Louis. Yeah, had a, had a good little break from, nah, from I hate football. It. Hated it, yeah. Even if we're rubbish, I still hate it when there's yeah, a break. Yeah. Did you manage to see any non-league or anything like that? In the uh, I watched England, which is pretty similar. Effectively, yes. If worse, if anything. Yeah, and now uh, coming uh, dressed as an accountant today mm. to, uh, in order to look through to the accounts that John have released today. No, from Hayden and Nath. Yeah, living the dream. Yeah, very smartly as well. Coming in your seat. New job, new me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in charge of Charles' finances, Bernie Johnson? <laughs> I'd be sacked oh, if I was. <laughs> <laughs> so on tonight's show, uh, we are going to look through those uh, those finances that have been released today, the channel accounts for the la- last season. We're going to have a quick look at those, uh, talk about season ticket prices as well. Which kind of, we're going to hear from Jason Yule uh, after Tuesday's um, uh, Ken Senior Cup uh, exit um, on penalties, unfortunately, to, to Welling United. Uh, and of course, we're going to hear from the big boss man, Carl Robinson, as we look ahead to Saturday's game against Peterborough. But first things first, I mean, I'm sure you're all... Uh, very much aware of, of the uh, the tragic events last uh, Wednesday in uh, uh, in <laughs> Westminster, um, and uh, 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 four people killed. I think it was by by a terrorist, and, and one of those persons uh, was a, a season ticket here, a police officer called PC Keith Palmer, who's a season ticket at the Valley, uh, a season ticket holder at the Valley for for many many years. Um, and obviously, we're all absolutely devastated to hear of uh, of the death of one of our own. Uh, someone who put his body on the line to protect uh, to protect uh, well the, the country really, and, and uh, we're all so proud of what he did, and, and so sad to, to have lost one of our own, Tom. Mm, yeah, when when things like this happen, and, and obviously, thankfully, it is rare, but when they do, you see, uh, I'm sure there are other cities like this as well, but London really comes together, um, and you get that real sense of, of a bond and a community, um, and Charlton's the same. So when this happened obviously as I say London come together but then you find out again that he was obviously part of our Charlton family and it it just hits home even harder that he's someone you know I didn't don't sit over there I don't know him personally but there are going to be people who've you know may not even know him but just sat next to him every game maybe didn't even know he was a police officer and that bond that this club has with its fans you know we saw it the other the other month with with the passing of a young fan and how the club you know paid tribute to him and, and as you say this uh, this police officer gave his life to, to protect others and it, it's so sad to see uh, and as you say just that sense of community that Charlton 
Charlton have it, it hits home even harder for Charlton fans. It's sort of, it's sort of the, the job of a, of a, of a policeman or, or a policewoman. It's just something when it's almost just something that, that just goes on in the background. You don't really think about it until, unfortunately, something like this happens. Because you know, I, I, I work in Westminster, walk around, and you, you feel safe, and you don't even think about the fact that there's you know, police officers around. You have to put put themselves in, in in the way of danger to protect protect the, the likes of us who, who live and who live and work in London. And Nathan. You know, um, the, the, we're going to hear from Ollie Groom in a second to find out how the club are coming together for next Tuesday's game against NK Dons. But this will be a, a big chance for the fans to, to really pay uh, their respect to, to PC Keith Palmer. Yeah, um, and obviously, Ollie, obviously we'll hear more from Ollie. But um, I think it's a great thing that obviously uh, the club's doing, um, and even driving down here this morning, you know, there's some flowers and stuff just outside the East Stand. Um, and just echo what Tom said, you know, everyone sort of comes together and and hopefully we. we a lot of people that have stayed away for other reasons do come on Tuesday and just so we can show um, and get get as much money um, as possible which I know there's a lot of other sort of fundraising stuff out there but to give it to his family are probably you know they're going to need it and I think it's great that we're, we're doing something like that well, let's, uh, let's, let's hear from Ollie uh, club journalist Ollie Groom I, I caught up with him on the phone uh, last night now that the uh, the plans for, for what's going to be done for Keith are confirmed against, uh, against MK Don's next Tuesday let's hear what Ollie has to say uh, and then we'll come back out and we'll, we'll settle a little bit more. Joined now on Charlton Live by the Charlton Club journalist Ollie Groomer. Ollie, good evening. Thanks for for joining us on the phone this evening. Evening, very no worries at all. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, as as I'm sure all Charlton fans will know now, during that uh, horrendous terrorist attack at Westminster last week, um, we lost one of our own, the very brave PC Keith Palmer, who uh, who stood up to the to the terrorists and uh, you know in, in in the course of his job trying to protect uh, protect us and protect. A democracy, I guess, outside the Houses of Parliament. Um, as, as the news broke over the next couple of days, that it, it was it was Keith, a, a Charlton season ticket holder. Obviously, lots of Charlton fans very affected by that. And um, our, our first home game after the incident is uh, coming up next Tuesday against MK Dons, and the club are, are going to pay their respects. I mean, why don't you outline them? You've, you've put a lot of stuff together, a lot of plans together. Why don't you outline what you've got planned? Yeah, well, as soon as it happened and it came out that Keith was one of us, it became clear that we had to do something for that that game. So, um, first of all, we, you know, we should probably say thanks to supporters and not just Charlton fans actually, but people from the wider community who, who put forward suggestions and all that sort of stuff. As we've all seen different things mentioned of what we could do, perhaps um, one of those was um, about about ticket sales. Perhaps we could give a percentage. Um, that was discussed around the same time as a lot of people suggesting it. We, we really come up with that as well. Um, we put that forward um, to those in charge, you know, at the club. Um, and they came back saying, no questions asked, um, 50% of ticket sales will be going to, um, to Keith's family. Um, and then Carl um, let us know that he discussed with the players. <coughs> this, this was on the Thursday, the day after. <coughs> and it was their suggestion that um, they want to give their... Um, give give something, and, and the idea was that they give their match appearance fees. Um, I mean, some may not know that um, players get um, an extra fee or if they come off the bench or if they start a game, and, and that money is to go to to the family in its entirety as well. So that was the first thing. Um, the second thing, I suppose, was the seats, which um, obviously we we drew attention to. The first thing we did was to put the scarf. Uh, on his season ticket seat, obviously we had to find out straight away where he sat. We had to go through the database, we had to check with um, the Met Police to make sure um, that all was, all was in order and, and it was, um, you yeah, know, match updates, birthdays, addresses, things like that to make
make sure we had the right Keith Palmer, obviously. Um, and it was sort of just a, a very quick idea, really, to put the scarf on the seat because we had to do something immediately, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and we did that. But now, I mean, I know a lot of people suggested putting a plaque on the seat, doing that sort of stuff. And um, we decided to um, really put a permanent memorial to the stone outside along with the war memorials. Um, there's a number of reasons um, for that. Um, and that's just long term, you know, it's a better sort of place for, for people to come and pay their respects, I think, um, because it's obviously accessible for people. Uh, they can leave flowers, they can leave scarves, shirts, all that kind of stuff when it's in place. Um, and, you know, with the seat, obviously, we will leave it until the end of the season. It's going to be white, um, a white seat, so it stands out. We're going to put his uh, warrant number on there um, in quite large letters on the uh, on the back of the seat, but you know what I mean, the, the, the front or the back of the seat. Um, and so, especially for the MK Dons game, where there will be a lot of, um, of eyes, I suppose, on that area of the ground, we've already seen a lot of fans um, have bought tickets for that area. Mm. Um, I, I think some, some friends of his have, have purchased tickets for that area already. Um, so I think that would be quite a poignant, a poignant image, I think, because, it, it, you know, there should be... A high percentage of fans dotted around that area, and um, that one seat on its own, I think, is quite will, will look quite visually, um, you know, upsetting in a way. But but also, um, it's, it's been a nice way of pointing out someone that we're going to miss at the valley, aren't we? Yeah, of course. Obviously, a lot of um, a lot of planning has to go into this sort of thing, and I know um, the, the fact that so many fans came up came up with ideas shows just how. Um, how how much the, the fans want to remember one of their own, I guess. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's sad in a way, but also it's good in a way that at times like this is when football shows its um, its class, really. And I think the fans um, all come out. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of debate about Charlton at the moment and fans and fans not coming and fans coming. And um, to a man, everyone has said, we're going to be there for that game and, and to pay their respects because... At the end of the day, we're a family at Charlton, um, and this really underlines it, I think. Mm. Um, and it's it's horrible that, it has, that something like this has underlined that, but um, I think we can all be proud um, as a fan base um, that, you know, we've, you know that, that we've all shown something, mm. and we've all been shown to do something for someone that cared about the club just as much as we all did. Yeah, obviously, this incident hasn't, hasn't just affected, you know, Charlton or London even it's affected the whole country and that, and that means it, yeah. I think the Charlton fans are going to extend that, that welcome to invite fans of any other club really to to, to come round to, on, onto that game on Tuesday against MK Dons and, and to join in the uh, the uh, the commemoration of Keith's life Yeah we kind of said that in our statement as well you know it's it's um, it's not just about us it's about the wider um, community really and we want to you know we need that hashtag we stand together I think is important because um, we do want to see fans from other clubs, you know, Millwall Palace, um, Arsenal, anyone, even other clubs of people in the capital. Obviously, the capital is full of football fans from all over the country down here, work down here. Um, and I think we've already seen a number of people say they're going to come along um, to pay their respects to, to a hero. Uh, and, yeah, it's just great that we can do that um, and stand, stand together. Yeah, so hopefully this will, this will send exactly the right message. I know, I know the club have been sort of uh, dealing indirectly with, with Keith's family to to make sure that, that they'll be happy with everything that goes on and to to make sure it's 
you know, he shows the right levels of respect, and, and hopefully, this uh, the the fan base coming together, and hopefully, the whole country coming together will send the right message to them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the, that was the number one priority, really, was just to make sure that the family were were happy and all. You know, they're sort of overwhelmed. Really, we've been, we've been dealing with the um, uh, family liaison at the Met Police, um, and that they they came in for a meeting today to the one to line everything and just essentially sign everything off because there's. There are a few complications with these things, like the um, getting getting right the warrant number and things like that, because different numbers have been bounded around about different numbers being retired and shoulder numbers and things like that. Um, but they had the final say on what that number would be. Uh, they they told us the warrant number is is is, is what we're going to go with. Um, and I don't think we've mentioned that, have we? That will be on the shirt um, on Tuesday night. There will be a special shirt which will have that. Um, we stand together will we'll be worded somewhere on there as well. Mm. Um, so, uh, so that's something else. But the family, yeah, we know, we know that the family are uh, very overwhelmed and um, um, grateful for, for the, the, what the supporters, uh, the, the goodwill messages and things like that that have come out. Well, Lee, thanks for uh, thanks for speaking to us tonight on Channel Live. And uh, I know it's not been easy for you guys to, to deal with all this. So I guess as on behalf of the fans, really, thanks for thanks for sorting all that out to make sure that the the, the club does the right thing in this situation. No, it's all cheers, Lee. Thanks for the call. So there we heard from uh, from Ollie Grimm. I was really grateful for Ollie um, to, for coming on and explaining really what what the plans are for for Keith's memorial game on on, on Tuesday. Um, and you know, it's a credit really to the likes of Ollie and and the, you know, those people we work within the club. They, they've done this so well. I mean, the, the the scarf on the seat the day after was just it was just so poignant. Um, that was that was the perfect start to to the you know the the, the shows of respect that we're going to mm. that we're going to do and. Um, Everything that's. I, mean, I, I saw a prototype of, of the shirt with uh, with uh, PC Palmer's warrant number on the sleeve and uh, a little bit of embroidery on the chest, sort of with his name. And then on the on the back, it says the hashtag We Stand Together. And it just looks superb. And all, all these little gestures. I mean, nothing's gonna re- nothing's gonna make anything easier, of course, mm. for the family and for, for those those fellow Charlton fans who've, who've lost one of their own and a friend who they would have been coming down to the valley with for years. But just just hopefully this this, this will just show that. You know, the, the whole of the Charlton family and, and hopefully fan, fans of as many clubs as possible who can come down it'll just show that, that we're all with them yeah and I think you used the right word there in poignant it, you know nothing that the club have done or are planning to do is particularly obtrusive it's not you know look at us because he's one of ours this is what we're doing it's all very respectful uh, sort of delicately handled and and you're right, it was. that Seeing that scarf on the chair the very next day, it was very moving. And, and I had people who, who weren't Charlton fans, some people who aren't even football fans, but just know I support Charlton, had noticed it and, and were commenting on it. And as you say, there's there's nothing anyone can do, you know, to, to bring him back or to help the family deal with, with that, that loss. But we can try and we, we can try it and, and help as we can. And, and as Carl said today, as Ollie said then, and as you said, th- this is our way of of kind of thanking him of trying to help them uh, and coming together really to celebrate his life mm, and we're going to hear a bit more about uh, PC Palmer from Carl Robinson later on during press day and as we, we sort of mentioned it there Nathan and said during the uh, uh, said during the interview I mean I mean, th- this is now a chance really for, for once again Charlton fans to come together and, and to do what they can do to try and fill the valley for, for PC Palmer now you know we, we, we're in the middle of London we're surrounded by football fans we you know, probably live and work amongst people who were uh, Affected in some way by, by the attack, whether it's just they were they were nearby or they were in London on the day, or if they knew someone who was hurt or anything like that. Um, you know, to 
if, if we can get as many people to come together on, on Tuesday to, to the game here at the Valley, I mean, that would just be such a good show of, of defiance mm. as well as, as a show of, of people of people sort of, you know, round and round and joining together. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean you know, some people... Um, might want to come come down and pay their respects, like you said. They might not even be a Charlton fan or an MK Dons fan. Um, could be any sort of fan, or you could be someone who lives locally and maybe wanted to go up to sort of Westminster and pay their respects, but for whatever reason can't get up there, so they can come here and you know pay pay their respects that way. So um, yeah, hopefully it's a, it's a big turnout, um, and it, you know, and hopefully, like you say, it's not going to be nice. Um, for you know, for the family, and that we can't bring him back. But hopefully, if they see, you know, a near a fuller valley than usual, um, it will be obviously quite moving for them. For everyone, obviously, showing their respects to Keith, who, like Tom said, you know, was protecting all of us really. Because a lot of a lot of people, I think, take the police for granted. I think, and mm. it's times like this when you sit back and realise what they actually do on a daily basis. You know, it's their choice to do it to protect all of us. Yeah, right. So get the message out there, people. If you listen, tell your tell your friends, uh, get your family, get uh, you know, laps laps Charlton fans, but fans of other clubs as well. Any any club really, get them to come down on Tuesday night. Fifty percent of the ticket sales will be going to PC Palmer's family, and that's the most important thing. Let's let's uh, get as many people together as possible to to send them the right message. Uh, we'll have a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes here on Charlton Live. Charlton Live from the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Alright, so you're listening to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview now. uh, Sort of this afternoon, the club have released their. Uh, their accounts for uh, for if it's effectively the period that was last season, the 2015-16 season. Uh, as soon as Nathan saw that the club had released their accounts, he, he went home, got a suit on, uh, <laughs> yeah, dressed up like an accountant, uh, and now he's, he's here. He's here in his suit, and he, he's print, he actually printed them off at work, and and he's made some notes. I mean, and there's plenty of stuff to go through, but the yeah, the 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 underlining figure is the fact that last season the club made a 13.5 million pound loss, and that's up from what last season about. It's, just, it's, it's staggering, really. Yeah. But the, like you say, the be-all and end-all is that we've made a, a loss. But you know, we're improving year on year. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think they. I think they need to realise. Obviously, the no, even the number goes up. If it's a minus, it makes it actually worse. So <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the numbers going up, but the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of it is what is expected. But there's a couple of little tidbits in there which. Uh, Quite eye-opening. Well, I mean, you, you went you went through and, and you've you've made some notes on there and, and with with your pen. So mm. let's uh, yeah, let's not put this suit to waste. Tell us uh, <laughs> t- t- tell us tell us what stands out for you. Well, d- so straight away you can see if you um, I ain't going to give the I haven't give the page numbers because I don't think anyone is boring to read through it. But basically, we got last year. <laughs> so last year, this is obviously taking into account this was our championship season when we got relegated so mm. we had more money we had £800,000 more come up uh, from TV revenue so the t- yeah so TV deal has gone up last year there yeah. was a deal that was for everyone in the championship a new, a new EFL 
TV deal, so we got eight hundred thousand pound more than we had the season the, before. The season before, tickets gone down. Shock. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they put in like the the season from last so from last season to the season before it wasn't a huge drop in crowds. It was about mm. what a, a thousand average or something yeah. along those lines. I think it said. Yeah. But obviously, obviously now when when this year's drop hits the books in March next year, I mean that'll mm. be. Uh, astounding, really, considering as well you lose. I think the cha- the, the TV money you get in the championship will go down a fair bit as well from being mm. in League One. So, I mean, if, if you're looking at 13.5 million pound loss this year, I mean, uh, you, well, I'm not exactly sure how it look last next year in terms of player sales and players uh, players being bought as well. But obviously, the, the the likes of the TV money will certainly go down along with the ticketing money. Yeah, that, I mean that's what I mean. So we've, as long as we keep remembering, this is up until June. So. Obviously, when we have a full League One season, where how many times have we been on telly? Once, have we? I been think on? the only time I can Swindon remember is Swindon, Swindon away. Yeah, that, that went. That wrong. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It always goes well on telly, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that's the big one in terms of revenue. Sort of money going out, wages go up. Our, our wage cost has gone up, even though the staff numbers are more or less the same um, it, for, of the whole of the whole company so we've spent more money on wages so that's it. would that include the playing staff wages yeah 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 so that's everything so mm. any, any sort of footballing cost that's mm. gone up but even though the amount of staff numbers are the same so obviously more wages but certainly not the money they spend on commentators no <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you, you, you've got your own P&L for that mate you? <laughs> but yeah so obviously again it goes back to the stage of us trying to spend you know spend more money to become a better side but obviously that's bad recruitment obviously bad negotiation and obviously decisions from many other factors which is obviously why our wages are so high even though we got relegated which is doesn't really work well in tandem but what do you uh, think of the amount I guess I, I don't know would the, would the players that get yeah, the, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any we fobbed off last season. The likes of, like, did, did we pay off like the likes of Nago maybe last yeah, season? Nago, or? Wiggins, um, Peter, Peter, Pot- Peter uh, Potter, yeah. yeah, he went. Um, obviously, uh, Bar won't show until next year because that was obviously in this, it'll be in this season's accounts. Mm. Um, and obviously, Lookman and Fox money will be next year. Um, and then obviously, uh, stuff that happened after June. Um, which is, it says it in the accounts, it's about six million, which we got for Cousins, well, I assume, unless I'm missing any, it's Cousins, Pope, Harriet, and JBG. Um, so around about six million for all those, for those four players. We can talk for hours if that's enough for one of those four, but that's, <laughs> that's basically what we had anyway. So that, yeah. that was after, obviously, the accounts were done. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then the thing that stood out for me um, was this, if you, if you go through the notes, what you'll have is you'll have an extract of figures and it will give you a nice detailed analysis of why it's up or down. And then I think that under exceptionals, it has no sort of d- detail. It just has a number that, you know, um, it says restructuring costs are up 600 grand, which from what I can gather, when I say if you have an exception, exceptional item on, on your P&L, it's basically a bit where it's miscellaneous that no, they we don't really want you to know what it's for. <laughs> but restructuring, it's going to be sort of payoffs which will be lose on uh, Fry 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 the two year contract I think two year into yeah, contract into in two year contract yeah. um, but obviously that's that's 600 grand but obviously Russell Slade's going to appear in next year's accounts as well so that would be interesting to see and yeah the free well it, it, the way it works with rolling contracts yeah. I'm not exactly sure how that would, that would work out for, for Russell but obviously that's going to be a potentially a longer contract whether whether they, they end up paying off as well so that's something mm. that'll be added into next year's accounts but I mean so so effectively last season we spent 
£600,000 on sacking managers, we think. That's what, I, that's what I would take it as. Whether or not... I could be wrong, because I'm, don't, I'm, not, the, I'm not David Joyce, but... You know, it, certainly dressed uh, like him. <laughs> <laughs> this is easy. You don't know yet. <laughs> but that's the way I, I assume that, that the accounts are looking. And then, um, obviously, you, you get the bit in terms of what we owe. The, obviously, our amount of borrowing has gone up, um, which I think everyone was privy to anyway. Um, in terms of that, it's gone up to like fifty-five million. But then it's also the basically the loans that uh, other loans which are owed to directors has sort of been written down to like six. So we owe. Debt is literally like sixty-one million now. Yeah. So the we, club, so the club, by the sounds of it, fifty-five pounds a million to stay for six pounds or six and a bit million pounds to, in debt to to the former directors. I believe we only get um, paid off as and when it's agreed, basically. Yeah. So that that's not not necessarily a, a you know it's, not, it's it's a friendly debt the six the six and a half million I guess, but yeah. the fifty-five million. I mean. That's up fifteen million from the previous year, yeah. just to state pricks, and then obviously they charge us three percent capitalised interest on those funds. So, so it's fifty five million, and then three three percent extra extra every year. Is that how that works? Yeah, it yeah. seems so. It seems that way, but again, I could be wrong. So, so again, I mean, that, that's that's the, that, the but huge, that's the crux of yeah, it, basically. The huge debt that 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 hovers over the club. Now, obviously, if Roland were to sell the club, which we all believe there's, he's in the motions of looking looking to try and sell the club you know it's up to him sort of how how he calls that loan back i guess so if if he decides to sell the club for 50 million pounds or for 60 million pounds you know if if, if he could sell it for that or he could just say oh i'll sell it for 20 million pounds pay me back over a certain amount of time or don't bother about paying me back i mean that's all part of the negotiating i guess when it comes to but i mean but no no one wants to hear their club being in that amount of debt do they no i mean it's the difficult is is that the the crux of it is is that he's throwing money at it that that money that we're borrowing from state bricks is literally because it says the going concern says you know that we can keep doing it because we're just funding our day-to-day stuff from him which is but that's just like i said off it it's just dead money it's literally just which to be fair a lot of football clubs aren't are in the same boat but it's just astonishing on how much it actually is for what's this the fact i mean league one if if you're looking at fifth i mean it, it would be interesting to see the sort of how much how much of a loss clubs who were up the top of the league. I mean, I, I know they put an average loss in there mm. um, for, for clubs in the championship last season, and I think we were sort of just below it, perhaps. But I mean, you, sure, if you're if you're an average, if you're spending average losses, then surely you shouldn't be finishing right down near the bottom. I mean, it, it just stinks of um, a poorly managed football side of the business, which has ended up costing us a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. You spend if, you, if you're spending more on your wages, which we have done, but then a consider year on year, considerably getting worse in terms of your. So your your costs are going up in terms of spending, but your your actual finishing position in the league is drastically reducing. Then obviously you've not got to be an accountant or a rocket scientist to know that something's <laughs> actually really bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're spending more and you're getting worse, I was going to say it's not even got to be a football club, has <laughs> exactly. it? Exactly. Any walk of life, if you're paying more for stuff and doing worse than you were, like, it's oh. clearly not working. Yeah, I've got, yeah. yeah, along with um, uh, Nathan, wasn't the only one to don the suit as soon as the accounts go. I'm just looking at Rick Everett's Twitter as well, and he, he's confirming that. Uh, so, 13.5 million pound loss this year was com- was com- compared to only four million pounds last year. So that's mm. gone up. A huge <laughs> amount, um, yeah. Total debt sixty one point seven, as, as you mentioned there, uh, and, and r- the way Rick's and Rick obviously really really reads into these accounts. Says the main message of accounts is that Charlton spent five million pounds more in two thousand and fifteen to sixteen and performed much worse as a business. 
despite that. Um, despite waffle about average operating losses elsewhere, <laughs> losses more than 100% of turnover. That is stag- and, and Rick Everett says that is staggeringly, stag- staggeringly useless management. Mm. Uh, and, he said, and he does point out this is all this despite we got that extra 800k in, in TV revenues, as you mentioned uh, there, Nathan. So, I mean, Tom, I mean, like I say... I mean, the way football is run, money just goes into black holes mm. at most clubs anyway. But, I mean, the the fact that we're a club that performed really badly last season, got relegated, and sp- lost so much money, and then we're doing it all again this season, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a shambles. That's the thing. It's, it's the level of incompetence that comes across for me. Um, and, as you say, look, there, are, there are plenty of clubs that seem to lose money, and there are plenty of owners who pump like Nafe says, dead money in to to try and stabilise or to try and improve. And that's all well and good if you do. But the fact that results, whatever they said about improving every time, results have got worse every time. Player recruitment's arguably got worse every time. We've had to pay off, if those figures are what we think they are, we've had to pay off over half a million pounds worth of managers over the last year just to make sure we got relegated to League One. <laughs> it, it's not like we had to do all that and we got to the Premier League and got given 400 million or whatever you get and we can wipe all that off and say, there we go. We've got worse, far, far worse as a result. I reckon I could have got us relegated for much cheaper. Uh, yeah, I'd have done it for 100 grand, <laughs> quite happily. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, right, so that's the, uh, the accounts. So they're all filed down on the Charlton website if you want to uh, don your own suit and, and cast your eye over it. Uh, also, that that's got released uh, was at the start of this week was season ticket prices. Uh, now, there's um, the, the the thing that stands out is um, uh, obviously below the below the, the, the lower north, the lower covered, and behind the goal, still still the, the you know the, the reasonably cheap uh, was it 175 pounds. You can't really argue with those particular tickets, but in in, in a fair few other um, seats, tickets have gone up by 25 quid. Uh, and then also down the down the the south end of the east and west stands, they've had to close blocks. Now this is, I believe, this is because uh, obviously those they were very cheap seats to start off with last mm. season. People were just buying those cheap seats and then strolling up to the middle blocks. Uh, and rather than just like putting up the prices, they've just closed those tickets. And I think whoever was in those seats uh, can sit anywhere else for for a, a reduced rate compared to other people. But um, I mean, it, it probably probably doesn't feel too good for the people who, who've had to go up by twenty five quid, I guess. No, and as you say, obviously North Lower stayed the same. And last year when they did that in the in the Championship, uh, sorry, at the start of League One, I thought, well, right, we've got relegated. They're offering this new cheap price. That that's good. That's a sensible thing to do, but the fact we're still here, we've performed even worse, and other prices have gone up is is bizarre to me. Um, I don't really get what why. Well, uh, judging by the accounts, I can see why they want to make them more money, but why do they think it's going to work? Why do they think people are going to pay more to see what could potentially be yet more of a worse product? It's like Nafe was saying about increasing your wages and doing even worse. You're increasing your prices to offer a product that so far has shown itself to be worse every time who's going to pay more for a for a product or whatever you know realistically this is the one part of it that's customer based it is an interaction between someone paying for something and they're putting the prices up when everything that you that you want from your football club is delivering less and less every year yeah obviously you know we, we saw a 40 percent reduction in season tickets from last season to this i mean do you i mean do you expect to see a drop again though yeah, but like what Tom was just saying, it's like we can look at the accounts and we look at the, you know. The- 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The, the mistakes, but if you look at simple economics, right, you have a supply and demand, right? Yeah. You, are, you increase your prices when your demand is high, don't you? When your demand is low, you don't increase the price because that's going to drive more people away. Yeah. And you're offering, like you said, you're offering a lesser product... We're offering, you know, worse the standard football. No, no offense to any other teams, but you know, it's not the championship or the Premiership. So, but we increase the price. So, who's going to go? Oh, I tell you what, what a blinding season we've had. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to. I don't mind paying that extra money to watch us again. Yeah. Well, there might be there might be uh, sort of uh, reeled in by the early bird uh, offer <laughs> this year, which is um, th- there's no discount for an early if you're early the early bird deadline, but you will get a free six month subscription to the club's new premium video service. Uh, which is launching on July the 1st. It's going to be like they're getting rid of CFC player HD and they're having their own one, uh, which should be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think the content will be great. I think the guys that will do it, they do a great job and I think yeah. it'll be fine. But um, I think it will take a lot more uh, for people to be sort of chomping at a bit to renew their season ticket, um, if I'm honest. I see no, no disrespect yeah. to any of the guys running it because I think it'll be great. And I'm obviously, I'll be having it, so I'll be making use of it. But yeah, uh, but yeah I, don't, I, I just can't see it improving. I really can't. I can see it being. I think it'll go lower unless something happens. I, was say, I, I, I can think of a great. I can think yeah. of a great way to advertise season tickets that will get a fair few through the door, and that's for <laughs> probably for the club to change hands. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Right, let's have a another quick break, and then we'll talk about uh, Tuesday's uh, defeat at Welling in the Kent Senior Cup. Uh, I'm going to play this uh, this little I don't hear first time we've heard in a little while because from the last time we went to Peterborough. Cashin sees the Armour Cup, he's done, he's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armour Cashin! That's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, he saw Armour off his line. What a goal! Charlton Live from the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. A proportion of that 600 grand went to paying off that man. The one who did. <laughs> 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 right, um, Tuesday night. It was the Kent Senior Cup. A cup, a cup the uh, competition that Charlton have been su- uh, very successful in over the last few years. I think I was 
probably out of the last four years, I think we've won it twice and got to and got to the final last year and lost to Dartford. But we, we beat, before that, we beat Gillingham. I remember us winning at Tunbridge as well. Uh, like six or seven you know, a few years ago so we, 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 it's a competition we always do very well with and on, uh, in on, now on Tuesday we went to Parkview Road to take on Welling our traditional pre-season opponents one of our local non-league teams and uh, I popped down to, to watch the under 23 so I thought I ought to check in on really see how they're doing uh, a, a one-all draw uh, with uh, with Welling uh, and, uh, and then unfortunately a 2 0 defeat on penalties Charlton uh, took four and, and missed four, <laughs> missed four penalties, which is after me not, not nothing, uh, <clears throat> not something I've ever seen before, and it, and it took some doing, but we managed it. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it's the same sort of thing that comes around every, every time we talk about the, the under twenty threes. But it is, you know, you, you do you do go to these games and you watch them. You, you're looking for those for those those players you can pick out for the future. A couple of players. Uh, who played on Tuesday? We've already seen in the first team: uh, Carl and Ahern Grant and uh, and Brandon Hannon, of course, Dylan in goal as well, who uh, took the step back to, to play with the twenty threes on Saturday. But you, you know, you, you go there really to, to look out for the players that you think will possibly make the grade in the future, and uh, as well as those three, there, there, there are a few names in that in that team that that, that you, um, you you sort of pick out and think they might they might make it. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It was, it was disappointing, especially the blooming penalty, which is <laughs> unbelievable. But um, yeah, just need to remember. Obviously, it is a development squad. I, I call it a development squad. Anyway, I don't know if that's the official name or if it's just under twenty-three. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd call it both, to be fair. Yeah, uh, but I mean, in terms of the, the players, I mean, I've always been a fan, and I've heard good things about uh, Aaron Barnes. Who I thought, if I'm honest, I thought he would have been in, involved there or thereabouts a lot more than he has. His just dad follows me on Twitter. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> just simply for the fact that Soul's injury, but he has, and obviously Jig Steele's been in in and around recently. Um, Obviously, Matt Carter's the one we got from West Ham, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, he was, uh, yeah. he was decent at that. Uh, Chris Miller's obviously been banging him in, and obviously George Lapsey, who obviously when we beat um, Millwall in the penalties, and obviously he was sort of renowned for being professional when he shook their hands instead of just sort of celebrating with the others and that. So, mm. But yeah, it, it was disappointing. Obviously, like we always want to win every game we play, and regardless of what level of football we are. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was nice to see. Obviously, Jason Newell's got a couple of good... Um, players in there. Mm. I don't. Know, I still crack up when I see Yam Fam. I love that <laughs> so much. Yeah, man. So I've got a Tannoy system at yeah. home game. It'd be amazing. But <laughs> yeah, he, he seems to be coming off the bench these days for the twenty threes and missing penalties as well as shootouts. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you mentioned Chris Miller there. He was the one who got the goal for the Addicts. Sort of. I think it was sort of midway through the first half, maybe near a half time. Uh, it was a great run from Hanlon. Hanlon played really well. He really stood out at that at that level, and you can see why he was banging him in down at when he was down at Bromley for a few games. But he was some. I mean, there was this one bit of uh, this this one bit in the first half where he just put on the afterburners and the the pace he showed to to get to the ball is just smothered out by the goalkeeper. He had two or three efforts on goal, and one of which was after some good footwork. He cut onto his right foot. It was well saved by Lewington in the Welling goal. But it came out to Miller. It was a lovely finish. I don't know if you've seen it on, on the GoPro video. You can't quite see it. But he sort of chests it down and volleys it in, into the bottom corner. It's a great finish. I remember him scoring a really good goal uh, against Mill in the youth cup from a corner a few years ago. And I just wonder if like you know if if, if he's gonna gonna have enough now to, to make that that extra step up really, I guess. Mm. Oh, you think like the amount of people certainly yourself uh, and people who were on this show before I started doing it were talking about when used to see the the youth team players quite quite regularly they're players that we now recognize as first team regulars um it there always seems to be that pathway i mean just looking down the list now i already recognize four or five of the names i don't think i've ever been to see the the under 21s or the youth teams play but there's so many names that i recognize and i think you say hanlon's 
stood out and, and has at that level. I think he always looks dangerous, even when he comes on for our first team now when we're struggling. He's not quite the finished article yet, but you can see why he's been allowed to make that step up and sit on the yeah. bench. I just wonder if there's a bit of a confidence issue when he's come into the first team. Because like I say, I mean, a lot of the stuff he was doing on, on Tuesday that stood out was the runs and the burst mm. with the ball, which he was doing in the first team, but then it was the finishing which was on mm. target, whereas in the first team he was snatching at stuff. So I just wonder if he just needs that confidence. Hopefully that confidence, that, that little loan at Bromley would, would have given him, mm. uh, that hopefully he'll be able to take into next season. So I, I, thought, he, I thought he played very well on he Tuesday. Might, he might just need like a goal as well. I remember... I, I think it was the League Cup, or it might have been the Johnston's payment, when Joe Piggott had a penalty in front of the North End towards mm. the end of a game and scored it, and I thought that might be the thing he needed to really kick on and perform in the first team, and obviously it didn't happen, but maybe Hanlon just needs something like that, because I do think he's a useful player, and you know, going into next season, he's not someone I necessarily want starting and leading the line for us, because that's too much responsibility for him, but if we can just gradually continue to introduce him to the first team, and he keeps performing well at, for, for Jace's team as well, I think... You know he could go on to be a very good striker, hopefully. And as you say, Miller sounds like his finish was good. Ahern Grant, we've seen what he can do. And like Nafe said, Lapsley, I remember seeing that game against Millwall when it was, I think, via YouTube, wasn't it? And I thought yeah. he played really well the whole game. So there are players in there that certainly could potentially make that step up. It's just about who's willing to take the chance when they get it. I think. Yeah. Now Welling equalised sort of uh, midway through the second half, uh, a low cross that was, that was touched home, and then uh, that means we go to the to the dreaded penalties. Uh, and that didn't go too well. So uh, George Lapsley was the first one up. His penalty was saved. Uh, Welling scored. Uh, then Brandon Hanlon also had one save. Then Welling scored again. So they were two nil up. Then Chris Miller put one wide. All the players we've all the players we've praised so far. Uh, Miller, Miller put some wide. Uh, then uh, Fish stepped up for Willing for Welling. Uh, luckily he was like a fish out of water and his was saved. So he got a chance to miss another one. Uh, and you had man like Yan Fam stood up and, and put it over the bar. And, and took out someone on the upper deck of the number 89 just behind the goal. Uh, but um, yeah, so so obviously hugely disappointing to go out on penalties like that. Throughout the course of the game, there was chances for both teams. I think Lewington in, in the Welling goal certainly made a you know a, a good performance in there. He made a handful of good saves. Uh, but there, there was some, some hairy moments down the, sec- down the other end in the second half in particular. Uh, but anyway, we caught up with, uh, with Jason Yule, who's obviously the manager of the development squad, uh, after the game to find out what he made of it. So this is what Jason said after, after the under-23s were knocked out on penalties in the Kent Senior Cup. Jason, you must be disappointed to, to lose out on penalties in the Kent Senior Cup uh, semi-final. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, our, our targets was trying to, to, to win all the competitions we was in. And in the last three weeks have ended up being out of two of the four but obviously when it comes to penalties it's obviously a bit more I said to the boys in the game I said it's more of the luck of the draw really you win it you lose it but I just said to them like, overall I said over the 90 minutes I thought that we played well enough to win it within the 90 minutes and it was just about how we, we played the game because it was a, a different opposition to what we're used to playing and I said it's about now going from that development bubble now playing against men in, in a competitive competition of terms of we, we have to do things differently and I think that we did in and out of possession, I think we competed well I think we were aggressive when we needed to be and it's just one of those ones where we just didn't capitalise on our chances that we should have done during the game but it's just trying to get them picked up because it's still a defeat regardless of how it is but just reiterated in terms of look, we've set out for four now we've got two left. We'll make sure now we go, we go and win those two trophies in the league in the national championships. It's obviously a competition you got to the final of over the last couple of years, and it is, it is good experience for the youngsters to, to play up against senior squads. Yeah, and that's that's the reason why we love entering it because, like I said, it's we're used to our development 
bubble, but it's it's coming out of that. And like I put it to the boys, it's the real world playing against men. Like that is that is the world you're in now. But we we like it because we we get them exposed to that that level of football. We play a few um, non-league teams in pre-season as that sort of exposure to what the season's going to be ahead. But um, I said it's for us. We we like to we like to to get ourselves in that competition for the purposes of giving them first team exposure. And the, the disappointment of the penalty shootout, again, this is something that, as, as an experience, they can take forward in, into their senior careers. Yeah, of course. I mean, regardless of a penalty shootout, if it's a, a, senior, a Kent Senior Cup level or a, a first team level in a, any competition, it is still being able to deal with that little bit of pressure of putting the ball down and scoring from 12 yards. And before we went up, I just said to him, look, I said, regardless of how many people are here, I said, block all that out. He said, in your walk up, you visualise where you want to go and you don't change your mind. Whatever the goalkeeper's doing, he's there to do that, to put you off. Try and play the mind game. said, but you know, you visualise from your walk up where you want to put that ball and it weren't the places we wanted to go. So maybe that advice didn't work. But no, it is, it's, a, it's an experience that they, they, have to, they have to take on board moving forward. Seeing players like like Brandon and Carlin, who've already had taste of, of first team action, that must that must give so much um, enthusiasm to, to the others who who haven't had that taste yet. But they they must think, you know, Charlton's the sort of club where you will get your chance when you're ready. Yeah, they they all know that. And what makes it even better for the boys is having the manager here and and seeing him play and compete against against men. As I said that's the, that's the level they're at in men, at, at men's football. And he came in at half-time, he said he was proud of what he saw, what their boys were doing and just gave a few little pointers in terms of how we could be better. I think we showed that in, in patches of the game, but they all know. They all know that if they do the right things nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, they'll, they'll be, they'll, they can get an opportunity at our club. Do you think with the, the, the first team season sort of coming to a close now, do you think any of the, these guys will get a chance before the end of the year? I haven't really thought about it that way. I mean, that's a decision for for the manager. If it's a case of where you know, we're safe I and mean, he feels that that's a way of giving them that exposure at first team football, um, great. But I think at the moment it's down to the boys to sort of try and concentrate, doing what we need to do now to finish our season. And if some of the boys get a call up to the first team by the end of the season, then great. And that's a, that's a bonus and credit to them. The 23s always seem to be going for the, for the title every year, and obviously this year's no exception. What, what do you think it is about our academy that, that makes it so successful? Because we, we, make, we make our groups competitive, and we, we, we make them in the position where it's, we expect them to win games because that's what's needed at first-team level. <laughs> you get the, the, the turn and throwing of development or winning games, and we, we do both because it's, we want to win what, we're in, what we enter. And... Development comes a part of that. We're developing players to get better, being knowing and how to win games of football. So it works hand in hand, but it is something which we set out to do. We want to try and win everything that that we enter. And even in the change room there, I said, look, we've still got the opportunity for two more trophies, what we set out. And I said, even with the under-18 sitting there, they're still on course for two more. So I said, there's going to be some boys that will be finishing the season before trophies. And I said, that's still got to be the target for everyone in the change room. And you won't find it difficult to pick them up for, for the rest of the season after the disappointment of tonight? No, because the boys said it themselves. They said, look, we entered four, we've got two left. I said, what do we need to do now? And they, they, they responded by saying, we have to respond and go and win the league.
into the into the box. It's a flick on from McGinnis. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, shoulder of grab the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGinnis's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Get out of the way, Stroudy, moron. Charlton Live. Welcome back to, to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, here and there from Jason Yule after the uh, the under-23s development squad got knocked out at the Kent Senior Cup against Welling on Tuesdays on penalties. Uh, a 2-0 defeat on penalties. Four missed penalties, which, like I say, not something you see very often. I can't. I, there must have been a penalty shootout that ended 1-0 to someone somewhere, surely. But 2-0, very, very low, very low. <laughs> uh, right, uh, Saturday we're making the uh, not too long trip up to Peterborough, uh, scene of uh, the Ahmed Kashi uh, wonder strike last season in the League Cup and uh, scene Ooh. of an excellent 5-1 win there a few years ago, one of my favourite away games ever. But uh, yeah, we're going back up there on uh, on Saturday to, to take on the posh. Uh, Carl Robinson did his press day today. It's a fir- uh, 28 minute long press day. Uh, Charlton Exiles. Uh, not happy to hear <laughs> that one. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we we'll send that full one to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got a six uh, uh, six and a half minutes of that. So this is Carl Robinson. He talks a little bit about Saturday, and then of course he, he talks about Keith Palmer as well. So as uh, Carl Robinson's look ahead to to Saturday's game with Peterborough. Charlton have had a two week break because of the international weekend. <laughs> Will the likes of Chris Solly, Jason Pierce, Josh McGuinness be available to you at Peterborough on Saturday? Um, two will be in the squad. Whether whether that's to start, I'm not going to tell Grant that. Uh, but they'll see him on the team sheet on on Saturday. But that injury list is getting much shorter now. Um, I think as we sit now, there's eight players out. Uh, inclusive Roger Harry obviously there's players who, who, who are on a long term list there's four on the long term list there's three in the in the in, in the in the the amber list and there's there's three or four ready to return so it's uh, it, it's looking it's very shortly there'll be first team players that I don't have to take in the squad I've not had that since I walked in the building Next up on Tuesday is the visit of your former club MK Dons and the club are paying a special tribute to season ticket holder PC Keith Palmer who lost his life as a result of the terror incident at Westminster last week. I believe the players don't donating all their appearance money. How did that come about? Me and Jack had a conversation. Um, I think every fan, first and foremost, that every fan that associates himself with, with this club has a part to play in our hearts and we play for them every day of our life. Um, when somebody tragically loses their life protecting us and the British public, we have then a duty of care to support the people who are left behind. And uh, as soon as I found out, I didn't want to make a statement because I didn't want to speak without the family knowing. Um, I think it was time for people need to grieve and people need to have their own time. And then it's what can we do? Um, it's a tragic event, and I think everybody's been very open in their thoughts. Um, but we do stand together as a nation. I'm proud to be from from this country, um, and I'm proud of our 
justice system and proud of our our police and proud of our fiber anybody who's willing to put their life at risk for us deserves the respect and deserves the thoughts and the wishes and the prayers that go to the family and it's a very small price to pay money what you can do f with it it's got no relevance the greatest gift that we're all given is life and to be certain people that wake up now without a husband or a father if we c it's never going to help because no amount of money can ever rectify our life uh, it's it's about us making sure we can do the best we possibly can and to show that we care I think it's an unbelievable gesture from the players. People, people look at it and go, well, it's what you should do. Well, it's what they wanted to do. It's not what they need or have to, it's what they want. And I think that people support, and certainly Keith Palmer certainly supported this club, and we hope that we can do him proud in 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 how we celebrate his life in some ways and and, and be there for his family so I think 50% of the gate receipts is, is, a, is a, an amazing gesture I think the players just off their own back want to do something I've seen the shirt I think it's very poignant with his police number I think it is and, and the date and the and an, at the back thing hashtag we stand together I think it just really shows you that you're not just a number here. Certainly not. Well, you're not to me. You're not to my players. And you're not to the club. You're part of a family. And we stick together through the good times and the bad times. And this event has certainly shook us. It certainly rocked the nation. And somebody protecting us to lose a life it's it's not right and uh, I think it's a very classy a very respectful thing that we show our appreciation it's going to be a very difficult evening I know it's MK Dons it's a club close to my heart and to, I know they will conduct themselves impeccably well I know that I know the fans of MK Dons very well great people we'll stand together it's not about it's about us all being one a unified group and I think it's uh, it's the least that we could do it's the least that we could do Just to clarify what Johnny Jackson the club captain came to <coughs> and said we'd like to make this gesture Yeah I think he sat with the players um, we'd spoke me and Jack what could we do um, obviously at the back end of it and we were speaking about if the shirt's got something on it can we then auction these off to make more money for diff for the charity? So, and then he just said, "Listen, if it was nice the way it was put by the players, I, I know this might sound silly, Gaffer. It's not enough in some ways, but is there any way we could do it with our payments money? Uh, listen, whatever, whatever they can do is is enough and." Like I say, it's it's nothing really. I think it's very. It just shows you, Johnny Jackson is a, and a, and the team and the, and the way the players have conducted themselves, impeccable. And I think it was a, 
a real nice gesture, but like I said to you before, I'd much rather not be doing it. And you know the reasons behind that. Uh, we shouldn't have to be doing it. He still should be here watching the game on Tuesday evening. So it's Carl Robinson giving us a, a brief update on uh, player fitness for Saturday. And then, of course, uh, talking about uh, PC Keith Palmer as well. Uh, ahead of ahead of Tuesday's game uh, against MK Dons, where where the, the club are going to pay their respects to, to to PC Palmer, season ticket holder here at the Valley for so long. But let's you know, let's 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 look ahead to to Saturday's game with a uh, with Peter Brown. It's, it's still just hanging over us the fact that we are still only five points above the relegation zone. Now there is a buffer of teams in between us, so mm. there'd be a lot of teams that would have to overtake us. Um, but j- just just until it, until it's all settled, really, you're not, you're not going to feel comfortable. No, I mean it, it, it's weird because even though like when like Sheffield like women's and Sheffield played well and come out of it at loss, but I still I'm still in the camp. It doesn't feel like we're in a relegation battle. No, I don't know. Even though we're that close, like, it doesn't. I still think like we're sitting like twelfth in the league, like like mathematically safe. But I know mm. we're not. But it's just weird. It's, a, mm. it's just like yeah. a there's a peter out now. There's accountancy skills, accountancy skills don't uh, no. don't translate to football I've gone skills, through right? the. I've just gone through this. Come from the same college that whoever done these accounts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, Tom, do you, do you do you feel safe? I mean, do you, do you feel like isn't it, you know, I'm being a I'm being a worry puss? No, I, I don't. I think. Um, I've been saying it for well whenever since we last won I think we need one more win to be safe and and we haven't got that yet um and until we do I still think that threat is still there I think realistically there are a lot of t- or enough teams between us and the relegation zone but until we get that win win points wise we're not that far off it and although we say like Nave says the uh, performance against Sheffield United was good um, there's been other games where we've looked so much better than we looked at the start of the season, but we're still down there, and we've not sorted it out yet. And no, I'm still, I'm still concerned. Mm. Uh, Carl said that uh, two out of Jason Pierce, Josh McGillis, and Chris Solly could return to the squad. Now, I mean, Jason Pierce was expected for uh, mm. Sheffield United, as Carl obviously managed yeah. to do quiet at that time. Uh, <laughs> but then, then after all day, he, he wasn't there. I think Josh McGuinness travelled with Ireland, I think, but then with Northern Ireland, but then didn't actually play. So. I'm guessing it'll be those two, although I could easily be wrong. It could be, it could be Solly as well. That's, that's not really based on anything other than, than guesswork. But you know, it, it would be a boost to have the likes of those players. But in particular, for me, Jason Pierce. Yeah, Pierce would be the one for me. I think McGuinness. I thought was. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, oh, I think fine talk. what what, uh, what McGuinness gave for us at certain periods of the season has been amazing. But I think at the moment, especially knowing the sort of player Tony Watt is, those two just need a bit of consistency up front. I think. I know Nath obviously loves Novak and I think he's worked hard and done well recently. <laughs> I think Watt has got back amongst the goals. I don't think you necessarily want to mess with that at the moment, but we have been conceding goals recently and we've seen just how much of a miss Jason Pierce has been. So for me if there was if there was only going to be one to come back, I, I would want it to be him. Mm. Uh in terms of uh in terms of Peter Brown, I mean they're, they're obviously higher than us in the league, they're eleventh on fifty five points, so they're eight points outside the playoffs, so they're probably not going to be make, making that that jump up there. But then, yeah, they gave us a bit of a, a bit of a lesson, really, when mm. we played them at home. They beat us by two goals to nil, and we, that was, uh, I think, Carl's possibly Carl's first league defeat, and that was a, if, if not his first home defeat at least, and that was a bit of a uh, a wake up call, wasn't it? Really, and sort of set after what had been a, a fairly positive performances in without results start to to Carl's tenure. I mean, that was a real. Uh, a real slap in the face that defeat wasn't it yeah no that was um, they looked very good when they came down there and, and they were up there more or less but um, they've hit that 
that middle bit of the season where they didn't get any consistency they would one, win one week and then lose then win then lose and like you say they've just felt, sort of lost that consistency and now sort of out, find themselves out of the playoff spot but yeah um, they, they, they were a good side and I don't know what's happened to them I don't know if they've had big injuries but um, again their recent form they high, last their home form it's a bit indifferent you know win, there's wins draws and losses in there but then our away form um, was haven't won since Bolton, which might have, is that the last time we actually won a game as well? Was it twenty eighth of Jan or have we won? No, since? We, we beat Scunthorpe. Oh yeah, beat Scunthorpe. So, yeah. yeah, but that's our last away win anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It'd, it'd be nice to see Piercy back. Cause I do like him. But then who does he drop? Like I said the other day, shove Tex up front, mate. <laughs> he can finish, mate. Shove him up there. I'm shoving up there with what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we look, if we look over the performances over the last few weeks, so we had that eight-game winless run, mm. uh, and then I uh, think we beat Scunthorpe, and then over the last two or three games, whereas I think there's been a couple of draws in there. So we, we had the draw with Bradford and the draw with Walsall here at the Valley, uh, and before a defeat at Sheffield United. But in terms of performances, we, we saw in the Scunthorpe, in the Walsall, in the Bradford. And in, in, even in the Sheffield United game, that was a defeat. We have seen a, a, an improvement in performances, which is, you know, I mean, that was badly needed. But that does just suggest that hopefully if we can just try and keep up those performances, we will get enough points to, to get over that, that line. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean the, 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 the first sort of 20 minutes against Sheffield United was really impressive. Like, Should have been freeing up, yeah. We mm. absolutely, and, you know, I went up there with non-Charlton fans and they, was, they, they were expecting, <coughs> I said we was going to get battered. But um, leading up to it, and then we absolutely played them off the park. And it, maybe it, they thought you were talking about in the pub before. The yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we could just—you could see our pattern of play was changing, and and it was positive. Um, even though we ended up losing the game, I was still quite encouraged with it. So, like you say, I think once we start getting these players back, um, this is the time now to try and instill how he wants to play going forward. Yeah. So hopefully we can and just get that one win that you know Tom's yeah. hoping for to well, let's have some predictions Tom is that is that one win going to be on Saturday up at, up at London Road probably not but no. uh, <laughs> I'll predict it I'll say we'll win 2-1 2-1 Charlton Knife Desmond Desmond 2-2 two, two. Yeah. you like that that's, uh, that's one of your favourite predictions yeah because I know I just I don't know why I just, I just like saying a draw because we've done it how many odd Time yeah, season, so. draw specialists are beaten only yeah. by Bradford in there. I'm going to go for a draw as well. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Right, don't forget, uh, Channel Live will be back on Sunday evening when we we'll look here on Maritime Radio. We'll look back at whatever happens against the Posh on Saturday. But in between uh, now and then, and for the rest of the, uh, the the rest of the next few days before Tuesday's game with NK Dons, make sure you, you do your bit and you get out there and. Get your mates to come along to, to next Tuesday's home game with MK Dons. We're going to fill the valley uh, for PC Keith Palmer, who gave his life protecting uh, the Houses of Parliament uh, last week at Westminster. He's a Charlton season ticket holder, and we're going to do our best to fill the valley uh, to, to give him uh, a great send-off here at the valley. Right, this has been Charlton Live. Thank you, Tom and Nath. Cheers, Louis. Right, I've been Louis Mendes. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you on Sunday. Let's hope we can get three points on Saturday. See you later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.